On this is charming for another episode of the Economics Hangover Podcast. In this episode, we're gonna talk about Tesla. We all know who the man behind this brand is, or this company is, Mr. Elon Musk. I'm pretty sure he's in the in the voice of everyone that cares a little bit about markets, investments finance, business, and economics. And just recently, we saw that Elon Musk came up with a pretty um, weird project with a Cybertruck. But in today's episode, we're not going to talk about whether the Cybertruck was good or bad, or if it's going to be a new concept of automotive vehicles, but uh, we're going to talk about Tesla as a company itself. All right, uh, the first impression that you get from Tesla, at least from like what I see, especially young people talking about, I mean, young people, people around my generation, like the, you know, people under 20s, 30s, uh, they see Tesla as this company that came down to change the concept of driving and change the concept of cars itself. And I cannot take away um, Tesla's courage of entering in this extreme saturated market, which is the automobile industry, and trying to make changes and trying to come up with uh, more sustainable and methods of driving, but not only sustainable methods of driving, as I'm speaking in energy-wise, but also from uh, interesting and creative designs and a kind of brand that, quote-unquote, it's more responsible to to this really competitive industry that has a lot of uh, externalities behind uh, the CO2 emissions and behind the mass productions of cars, what they're impacting the environment. And we have a company like Tesla that goes green, that creates cars that are electric, and they're just coming down to this new uh, vision of what of what driving is. Um, in my when I used to record Portuguese episodes here for the Econ Hangover podcast, I had a discussion with one of my friends, uh, Victor, about the future of the electric vehicle market, and we talked about how is it. It, become, it, it is becoming like a big thing. It is becoming uh, the newest trend and how in a matter of five to 10 years, it will be very likely that companies will have to alter their methods of, of production to more green vehicles because in the end, uh, they will be not only easier to produce, but also uh, less costly. So... Um, as we said in that episode, uh, we mentioned not only Tesla, but we mentioned other companies like Nissan, that they came up with the Nissan Leaf, which is probably the most popular uh, dri- electric driving car, as well as like new Chinese companies that are entering the market uh, slowly, like Geely and even the Chinese government that, that is backing with like some... Uh, mass investments to this market 
So guys, like uh, either you like it or not, I don't know what what are your ideologies behind driving, but the truth is that green vehicles, electric vehicles, they're just it's just a matter of time before they become popular and they become the the, the driving cars of everyday life. So uh, in the end, we're just gonna have to face this reality. Some of the guys they complain because like they don't mo make the the same noise as a motor diesel, uh, like the engine. But I mean, whatever. In the end, I think this is like one of the the weirdest arguments because like, like there's actually people that care much about what the noise of the vehicle makes instead of like caring about uh, cheaper costs, less externalities, higher mass pr production of cars. Because I mean. Uh, electric cars, their production is not as extensive as as from uh, the, you know, like uh, uh, vehicles with, uh, with, with oil and stuff. They can be produced in a much more easier method. And, I mean, not only that, the, the, mar the, the green cars, they're... They're a new thing, but they're generating their own kind of economy. So this is a reality that we have to be, uh, we have to be, some somehow um, used to to the to this idea. It's just a matter of time before we adapt and change the concept of driving. So in this case, Tesla, uh, pretty much they were the pioneers, but doesn't mean that they're winning the competition. And here in this episode, we're going to discuss why. As in a financial perspective, uh, in a business and economics perspective, Tesla might not be as stable as you imagine. Okay, I'm not gonna go over the financials here because, uh, like the financial ratios, because like talking about financial ratios in a in an audio show can be really uh, annoying and can be really boring because like. I've, I've noticed one thing about audio programs, like it's very hard for you to follow numbers and statistics and really uh, pay attention to them. Unless if it's something like really, like uh, really big. But if I just come here and start reading for you guys like, oh, this is debt to equity ratio on quarter one, two, three. This is their coverage ratio. This is their current ratio, blah, 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 you know, like. Uh, it's not going to be worthwhile for you guys. And as I promised, I would release uh, a small article with this this kind of more technical analysis so you guys can check it out uh, probably by the end of this week. Uh, but here in the episode, we're going to talk more in a macro way, in a more generalistic way, so you guys can just stay focused. All right. If you are an investor of Tesla or if you consider to invest in Tesla, you should remember one thing. Uh, like the economics hangover podcast is here is we're not, this is a disclaimer that I already have put in this episode, but I like to emphasize this again, where this is not a financial advice page or consulting or whatever. I'm just solely basing this in my opinion and what I, what are the fruits from my research. So everything you listen to here over here, um, you know, you guys do whatever you take. I'm not suggesting anything for you guys. Okay. That said, we should consider that Tesla is a is a company that has a, a long history of debt. 
And as on investing in stocks, as on your personal finances, debt is not a really good thing. And I'm not going to go through the nuances of why debt is bad. This is more into like financial theory, but you should have like at least a general understanding that debt is not a good thing. Why, why Tesla takes so much debt? One of the reasons that Tesla takes so much debt because their projects are costly. So let's take, for example, the Cybertruck. Tesla came down with a completely new different style of truck with a whole different style of being, uh, being generated by energy with a funky design. As much as you can complain about the looks of the Cybertruck, you have to understand that things cost money. And in order to Tesla come up with all these new projects, this costs money. So Tesla is always in debt to, to finance their, their projects, their crazy projects, you know. And the interesting thing is that if you, you check some of like their debt levels, like time, uh, time trends, you know, time series, you'll see that they have like a high debt ratio, like they have like really high debts through the period of uh, production of these new projects, of the brainstorming of the new ideas. And whenever they they complete that project, um, their debt levels go down. And it's really interesting. It's kind of a pattern that Tesla has been following for the past years. There was even this Bloomberg article that it was released a few years ago talking about this. And this is kind of interesting because Tesla always goes through these patterns. So uh, considering that like this is your 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 choice, uh, you have to understand that Tesla has they follow this pattern and they have this uh, long term debt races all the time. Like uh, checking some numbers here, you see that in 2013 Tesla's debt ballooned. And $598 million to nearly $10 billion in 2018. And the debt debt to equity ratio, it was 1.63%. Meanwhile, the industry average is around 1.79. And some of the majors are the major automotive companies are around 2.5. Now, the interesting thing, if you get to the debt to equity ratios, uh, I've been checking it out, and I've done some of my calculations. But I've been checking it out some of like uh, you know some of these websites that they provide some free financial analysis, and I'm seeing always kind of like different numbers. So uh, if you guys see different numbers, normally it's by the way they probably measure an average or something like that. But all they they tend to come up with the same conclusion to the debt to equity ratio, which is. That that thing that we just talked about um, of the Cybertruck recovering their 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 debts through the through their projects and stuff like that. But the thing about Tesla that I think it's interesting is that um, despite everything we're saying, like. Uh, Tesla is an innovative company. I think the debt to equity ratio says something interesting for us because as we've seen, like Tesla is a really niched company. So normally what you see is that Tesla stays below their 
their industry average when it comes to the debt to equity ratio. And this is a clear sign, at least to me, although there's no uh, implication that says that the debt to equity ratio is something that emphasizes that a company it's niched in a market. But at least through my perspective, when I look to the debt to equity ratio for Tesla, I can see that like while the industry, the major automakers, they have uh, they have a, a ratio of about 2.5 and the industry average is 1.79. We can see that Tesla being below these two levels, as I said, the big companies, the biggest, biggest auto manufacturers like Toyota, Honda, GM, Volkswagen, whatever. And being below the industry average, so we get like probably the second tire tier of like uh, some of the uh, car companies, like some of the French companies, like like Peugeot or Renault or whatever. And Tesla is below that. So we can see that Tesla is already niched because uh, it's not everyone that buys a Tesla. It's not, it's not like they're, these are not cars that you see as a popular car, people driving around. Like every day, you don't see like uh, like Tesla's parked in front of your Walmart all the time, or uh, in other countries. They just they're starting to expand globally now with their new factories in China and Europe and stuff like that. But uh, we still see that uh, the Tesla consumers are really picky about what they want, and Tesla is a is a company that's really concerned about um, feeding that niche. And through a business perspective, that is not bad because um, especially in a saturated market like cars, like, man, they've been around for for a century or more, you know, and kind of like some of these large automakers, they kind of found the, the most traditional formula of producing a lot or producing fast and meeting their demands. And coming down to this game and trying to compete, it's like, um, you know, like starting to play basketball and trying to get into NBA. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like uh, Tesla was like a really like, the you know, like the, the, comp, the management of Tesla, their Elon Musk and the other peeps, they're pretty, pretty smart to understand that they have a different product, that they have a different concept. So they decided to come down with their own kind of niched cars, with a certain kind of design, with a certain kind of uh, manufacturing plant, because like um, I've heard, I'm not really, I'm not really like uh, met anyone that has a Tesla, but normally like from stuff that I saw on the internet and stuff and things like that, people told me that usually like Teslas like take uh, some time to be manufactured, so like you have to like you have to. When you buy, you have to wait a couple months so it comes down so they can manufacture for you. And it comes like kind of like uh, handmade or not handmade, like specialized made for your uh, given your uh, prescriptions and stuff that you want. So it's a really like it, they create like a signature car. So it's it's almost like they're creating like uh, sports cars. Um, some people do categorize Tesla's as uh, electric sports cars. But as I've seen, at least from the kind of position that Elon Musk has taken in the past years, 
of more like intellectual boldness and more proactivity and social and environmental issues and society issues like I've I see that actually in some way Tesla as a company wants to expand much more than just like uh, niche cars and you know like uh, special handcrafted kind of cars to meet a small demand because at least in an in a ideological perspective when I look at the way they present their company it doesn't seem like seem like the way they're selling their cars because the like sports cars for example like if you're gonna buy a Bentley or like a Rolls Royce like the formula that they do is the formula that has been around for years and their tradition is like that they don't really care about expanding to to the popular masses they know they have their really niche product they're gonna continue to produce in that way and they're under their control system and they don't really care about the rest of the market is doing they know that selling their really pricey car they're gonna maintain their company but the way i've seen tesla i see that they they cannot they're not really entering in the sports car industry because i mean if you want a sports car like unless if you really like a like a greenpeace activist or something like that or or if you're like a really like conscious person i don't think that tesla is going to be your first option given that you have the money you want to buy a Ferrari, you want to buy a, you want to buy Bentley, you want to buy a Rolls Royce, you want to buy a Alfa Romeo, you want to buy a Lamborghini, but you, you don't want to buy a Tesla if you have that kind of money. You want to buy some of those cool cars, you know, like they have much more tradition, they have much more status, much more horsepower. And as much as I heard that Tesla have some really good horsepower, I mean, I don't think that comes to mind. For people that have that kind of money, you know, I think Tesla comes to mind for the really loyal consumer base that believe in the in the company's mission, and they and they tell themselves, "Hey, I have that kind of money, but instead of buying a Ferrari, I prefer Tesla because it's better not only for me but for the world, for the environment, and society, and blah blah blah." So that's kind of I, I how I view the way that Tesla has their niched market. But the way they present for me, it's kind of contradictory because uh, it seems that they want to make something big. But I mean, they're a public company. They're trying to, you know, innovate things. They're trying to come up with new concepts, and they're just not getting it. You know, like it's just not. It's just not becoming. It didn't become yet. So, I mean, this can change soon, as as like the iPhone did. But still, like I don't see Tesla as the iPhone of the cars. You know. Probably the Nissan Leaf and some of the the old older companies that have more market uh, experience, they're coming up with better solutions when it comes to mass scale, and when it, we we get to see probably in the future when once the the electric cars industry takes over, we're gonna see you know Nissan's being draw, drove and uh, Toyotas and Hondas and GMs or whatever like. Teslas are going to be the really niched kind of car. Maybe if they keep going like this, they can compete in the sports section. But I still think that in the way they're going, they're not. However, 
we have to always pay attention in this thing about Tesla because these projects are costly. And considering that you are a Tesla supporter, you have to always look through that. And this came out just like recently, like Tesla raised like a two, two billion long-term debt or in equity share positions. So like uh, Tesla, I mean, they're always getting into debt. And I mean, I believe that investing in Tesla might, it's, might be like a roller coaster ride because of those debts. So as much as you can, like the shares go up and you, and you recover some of that, you have to get, get in and get out at the right time. So you have to really be following their kind of, their kind of business. Having, you have to really understand the, the way Tesla operates. And another thing that is interesting that I see a lot, especially in the internet, it's that I don't think that people really get Elon Musk yet. Like uh, we could spend hours actually discussing if Elon Musk is a is a is a good manager, is he's a good CEO. Uh, I have my doubts. Uh, not in the in the thing that I'm saying that he's like incompetent. Like uh, I think he's a really smart guy. He's really He's really ingenious. He's really, uh, I don't know. He, I think he's actually really ahead of the time. But I don't see Elon Musk as a CEO. He doesn't have the profile of being in a managerial position. He's a really great inventor. He's a really great engineer. The guy, he's like, I saw like this long time ago in his controversial episode on the Joe Rogan podcast with all his like projects like SpaceX and uh, rebuilding like the, the, like those tunnels in, in LA so he can avoid um, traffic jams and stuff like that. Like Elon Musk is a guy that he thinks macro, you know, like he thinks macro. He thinks about the evolution of technology, the, the relationship between human beings and AI and robots and expanding the humanity to, to the universe. He's not a management guy. He's not concerned about his company image. He's not concerned about uh, the profits or if Tesla's it's it's profiting this quarter. If Tesla's shares are or high, if their if their stockholders are are happy with the company, with how, how the company is competing against the market. And I just don't, it doesn't seem convincing to me uh, as in like Elon Musk's position. He doesn't have this kind of profile, if you understand. I mean, he doesn't seem that kind of guy, that that, that CEO guy. That he, it's interesting in that. And as much as I think he could, should continue to be part of Tesla, probably in a more uh, R&D section or something like that because even he himself said that he's not interested on being um taking tesla as his main project we all know that he wants to continue doing something there but i mean i don't know if i had like if i had like a voting share like shares with the right of a vote for tesla i would I would be really convinced of taking him off of his CEO position and hiring like a real manager, putting some some guy that 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 understand business, that understand financials, putting like a real businessman that he wants to 
to take care of this kind of things, take care of these executive roles and put Elon Musk more into the thinking side of implementing projects or of implementing inventions and things like that. So guys, um, I think that we have like almost, we're almost reaching the 30 minute mark. I don't want to extend too much here. Talking about Tesla can be a, a really fun topic. I think it's a, even though like, I think my position was really like, I had a really critical position um, on Tesla, but um, I actually, I'm not a hater from Tesla. I think it's a really interesting company. It's a really fun company to, to follow, especially if you're a finance, economics, business student. It's a really great company to follow because it's a company that it's, it's, it's growing up, it's evolving. And it's really hard to tell like if Tesla and the near future become the next Apple or something like that. It's, there's a, a high possibility. As well, there's a high possibility that Tesla may fail. But it's an interesting company to, to follow. It's an interesting company to keep your, your, your heads up. Even if it's just in a, in a research, in a opinion creation kind of method. Because whatever Tesla is doing right now, either if you like it or not, they're playing a courageous game. And in this case, like we have to take off our hats and say, hey, you know, they're, they're going into the, in, into the advanced level. They're trying hard to build up their company, to, to come up with their projects. It's like, to me, it's clear that Tesla is really going against the grain. Either if you decide to put your money in or not, that's not my problem. But uh, in any way, they, it is a company that really cares about making things in a different way. They don't want to follow the same formula. They don't want to follow the same patterns. They're, they're in for their, their own game and is a pretty original company. And it's pretty cool. I really, really think it's, it's, it's worthwhile always checking out what's going on in Tesla. All right, guys. So I guess this is it for this episode. Um, this was the first episode also that I talked about finance. I wanted to keep things a little bit more relaxed, but I'm really seeing a lot of opportunity of me coming here and talking a little bit more about companies. But rest assured, I'm not going to stop talking about the more, um, you know, like more chill topics that it comes more into like uh, theory and stuff like that, like economics theory and epistemology and my series on behavioral finance and economics as well as the philosophy of science will continue. I just need a little bit more time to record some of these episodes, guys. So please understand that because uh, I'm a master's student. <laughs> so sometimes things get pretty busy on my side with all these exams and projects and researches I have to do. But whenever I have some time, I'm always hearing the economics hangover. And um, actually, I'm entering vacations now soon. Yeah. Um, I live in Brazil. So like, um, it's summer here right now, it's going to start. So we're going to have the summer vacation. So I'm going to have a long break from the master's. So I'll have more time to dedicate myself to my personal projects. So I think more episodes will be released through, uh, through December, throughout March. So, um, you know, uh, you guys should follow me in Instagram. I'll put uh, my profile name here in the episode uh, episode notes, and I always do some threads there. So like, uh, probably I'll put something more like uh, 
what other company you guys want me to check it out or something like that. So you guys check on that. And as I promise, uh, probably by the end of this week, I release my little article on financial analysis and economic analysis on Tesla because there's things that I can just not say to, through the podcast like or show to you guys like um, graphs and volatility graphs and moving averages that I would like you guys to check it out so I can have a, a bit of more supplementation for this episode. And if you guys also want me to, to talk more about Tesla in the future, uh, please write me on Instagram. And also in the economics hangover Twitters, which I'm, it's also linked in the description and the episode description below. All right, guys. So also another thing, if you guys can, please give it a like or follow here at Spotify. So you guys can continue to help me and my mission here with economics hangover and giving some free content always of, um, economics and finance and business and everything that's related to money. All right. So guys, thank you so much for sticking around and have a great day. Bye.